Right out over the ditch is back for another week, and Matt Markham joins me. Hello, Matty. G'day, Paul. How are we, mate? Well, very well, mate, and we're going to cover off on a few races. Um, we're going to highlight Ash Burton um, in its entirety, well, not entirety, but quite a few of the races there, and we will be highlighting Kaikoura. We're at a different time slot this week due to me travelling home from Queensland. But some shocking news, um, I suppose, Matty, to start it off. Um, it, well, in a way, shocking news, but... I love harness people and how they rally around people with the news of Katie Cox um, and being diagnosed with lung cancer for a person that's never smoked. Um, just terrible news, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. It's, it's really, really horrible. And it just probably hammers home the, the fragility of life in some sense. You know, Katie um, never, never had a cigarette in her life, most likely. Uh, wasn't a big drinker or anything like that, just a hard, hard worker. And she's had this horrific diagnosis um a very very rare form of cancer from what i can understand um may potentially be the only person in new zealand that's that's got it um and it particularly targets young non-smoking females yeah um she went to the the doctor with a cough and um this is what's eventuated out of it look a lot of people on your side of the tasman might know an awful lot about katie um katie was uh, a very accomplished show jump rider um, and actually got a job with Jamie Gamerson and Natalie initially working, helping them prepare uh, yearlings for the yearling sales. And from there, actually went through, did the cadets course that we've got here over in New Zealand to get your license and become a junior driver. And in the last three to four years, has gone out on her own, bought a property, established a beautiful, beautiful training setup where she was also doing yearling prep on the side. And... I think one of the one of the hardest things about this whole situation is Paul is right now or leading into right now Katie had the team of her life the team that she deserved for all the hard work and money she's put in and she was only really just starting to see the fruits of that labor you know she had some some very talented young trotters Lottie's moment was running second in a lot of our two-year-old trots um, really nice horse called it's tough who won a black type race earlier in the year and she was in for a really really good couple of years I think with the stock she had around her and uh, obviously this has put a halt to that for now we hope but yeah as you say silver linings you know this this industry is is great for rallying around and supporting and you know we've already seen so much money raised and pledges of a whole lot more you know kirsten green's come out this week and encouraged every driver to donate a losing driving fee each week from from the tally to help the cause and you know we'll keep seeing things like that i know there's a special function being held at addington uh during melbourne cup day with the the proceeds of that going towards the fund and yeah, we got some uh, some people that are driving that fundraising cause, and if you haven't caught up with it, jump online to HRNZ. All the information's on there, or on Facebook. Go to Whatever with Wiggy, who is uh, Craig Wiggins, one of the clerks of the course, who's also a massive mental health and well-being yep. advocate in the rural sector over here in New Zealand. Yeah, no, he, he is, and he's a he's a great man. He's a very very positive man as well, uh, Wiggy, and um, I encourage people to go there. Um, $100,000, I think, is the initial treatment. Um, $55,000 has already been raised with, as you said, a lot more um, pledged to come. There's a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff that's about to be announced. I have got a banner here for people, anyone that wants to donate. There is the um, Whatever With Wiggy Charitable. Um, that is at the top, and that's got all the numbers there. And then Harness Racing Australia Events account down the bottom. So that's for the Australian people. Um, you can log into both those. That Obviously, the BSB is the first one, and then the account number, a bit different how you guys do things in New Zealand, but people will know how to work those numbers. The reference is Katie. I did also notice on the New Zealand one, and I wonder whether you can do it on the Australian, if you want to be anonymous in your donation, I think you just type A-N-O-M, and that's that will go through as an anonymous um, donation, which is huge. I've got the NZB hat on on purpose because I know um, Canberra has been working behind the scenes. They spoke to Katie. She didn't want to even try to start or you know, potentially have the horses there, so they've been you know, finding people to look after those horses for her, but I think they're also uh, got the wheels in motion for some charitable things to come out, which is, as I said, is not even a part of that $55,000 um, going forward. So we're an amazing organisation. Um, most people eat the wallpaper off the wall sometimes to survive, but if there's a fundraiser or someone in need, we just jump to it and, and away we go. 
Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and it's one of the one of the endearing aspects of of the game that we're in is the way that it is one big family. You know, everyone's got each other's backs, and and when the chips are down, you can count on the fact that there's going to be a whole heap of people standing there ready to help try and pick you up. So, uh, look, it's going to be a long, long journey, um, and that initial hundred thousand is probably only going to be the tip of the iceberg. You know, she's not training horses at the moment, so she's not deriving an income, um, that kind of thing as well. So uh, any little bit is going to go a long way to helping Katie, and hopefully we'll get her back out on the track at some point and see those uh, blue and white colours of hers that we've become so accustomed to seeing winning, especially over the last six months, uh, doing the business again. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think, uh, Ricky May, and you're going to help me with the other person that actually is helping Wiggy there as well. Um, And I know Ricky's been doing some media over here in Australia already this week, making sure people are aware of it. Yeah, Bruce Taylor is uh, the other man. He is a former president of the Ashburton Trotting Club. So three mid-canary men from my neck of the woods sort of leading the charge there. Wiggy's also a mid-canary man. So uh, Ricky May, well, he doesn't need too many introductions. Uh, Pretty much everyone in the racing game and all three codes across Australasia knows who that man is. Yep, absolutely. Um, Well done to those gentlemen for getting behind it so quickly and well done to everyone who has donated or is thinking about donating. Um, And I did, one thing I did notice is that the the treatment, um, albeit expensive, there is positivity around it. Um, One of the the articles I read is that um, the the cancer reacts very well to these drugs or sorry, the treatment of the cancer reacts very well to these drugs. So that's another very positive thing. And and look, at the end of the day, our thoughts are all with Katie um, at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and it's a case of, you know, anything that can help should be explored. And as you say, there there are some uh, some positive signs coming out of this this particular course of treatment over in the states. So uh, let's hope that it can translate to uh, New Zealand as well. No, absolutely. Um, just a quick other little bit of other news, and I don't have a banner for this, but Josh Dickey coming back uh, January, I believe, start of the new year. Um, Josh is going to be back, um, and on the North Island, bolstering both the uh, driving ranks and also Stonewall's um, operation. Yeah, uh, exciting news. Obviously, Josh being a, a, a Kiwi man, uh, I know him and Sammy, uh, both Sammy Kilgar, both moving back. Um, Sammy's going to work at uh, Stonewall as well. Just continues this, how do I put it, this development of this Stonewall start operation over here in New Zealand. And I think in time, maybe not within the next 12 months, but certainly within the next 18 to 24 months, you're going to feel that Stonewall impact in Australia because I think trekking over the Tasman's going to become more and more of a thing for them. Um, and they're going to start targeting some of these these big carnivals that you have over there. But, you know, that, that gives them a massive string to their bow up in the North Island, having a man of the experience and someone who's enjoyed the success that Josh has. Um, and also picking up a, a very, very capable horsewoman and Sammy as well to join the staff. So uh, it's ex- certainly exciting times in that uh, Stonewall stud uh, realm at the moment. And they understand the environment of Australia and how it does change. I know they had mixed mixed success, if you like, when they went to um, Menangle last year. Um, they got a couple of winners. Um, and that there was some talk of going to Melbourne. Josh and um, Sammy, as you said, based themselves in Melbourne for four or five years, I reckon, now. And um, they understand the climatic changes that we have. I think that's the biggest thing that we have here that throws a lot of people out. Um, as I said, I'm sitting here with a nana blanket over my legs because it's so cold here today yet by the weekend it might be 44 degrees um, and it does change so extreme um, and it's a very different heat to what you guys are used to so uh, that will only stand them in good stead I think yeah well um, it's just uh, as I say another string to the bow another uh, person with uh, varying experience having worked for you know countless people that you pick up all these little things and then you bring them together and I think that's part of why uh, Tim Williams has been so successful you know he's brought those elements of that nearly decade or however long it was that he spent at all stars to the party and it's just adding another aspect to, to the training operation and you know we're we're only scratching the surface with them considering the yearlings that they've brought at the last two yearling sales and the ever-growing broodmare band that they've got and we're going to talk about one a little bit later on paul i'm sure that uh yeah they're going to have some fun with her 
and Timmy Williams's drive in the same sense because it, it was a bottler. But we'll leave. She's going to be about the uh, second last. We'll talk about the rest of the week. I, I'm going to throw my hand up. I haven't had a chance. Um, I was in Chinchilla and then um, had a couple of work commitments. Monday, Tuesday, highlights for the rest of the week outside of Ashburton, Maddie. Was there anything that sort of jumped out at you? There was meetings at Cambridge, I think, and maybe Witten. Yeah, there's meetings uh, across the round. There's there's Winton on uh, obviously today, just yep. prior to us filming this, and then uh, Cambridge tomorrow. We've got Meth and Grass Track uh, meetings, uh, twilighting meeting here on uh, Friday afternoon, and then obviously off to Kaikoura. But just a big racing period, you know. Where it seems to be we get to that point where it's non-stop, and once we get to the heart of summer, it's the continuous cycle of race meeting, race meeting, race meeting, and. Uh, if Ashburton's Magic Monday that we've just seen uh, earlier this week is anything to go by, it's going to be a whole heap of fun for the next couple of months. Method on Friday, that's tomorrow now. Emily gave me a little tease. I'm not allowed to say anything, but there could be some interesting betting uh, prospects lining up for that. Keep an eye out onto their socials and potentially on loose lines tonight because I think later on this afternoon she'll have some more news on that. But the grass track on a Friday afternoon, how does that work? Well, it was a meeting that they introduced because the the double meeting at Kaikoura on the weekend that Kaikoura not being a track that suits every corner horse because of its tight bends that they put on a lower class meeting for, you know, the rating 35s to 50s and they're all over shorter course distance races and it's really just an opportunity for potentially horses that haven't been getting starts on grass tracks around Canterbury for the last, you know, six weeks to actually get a run under their belt. Um, obviously they start a little bit later in the day, so it's a great opportunity for locals to, to knock off work at three o'clock and fill the barbie up, although I don't think they'll be doing that tomorrow. They're actually talking about a bit of a snow, bit of snow around Canterbury, so uh, might not be packing the chilli bin up and going to the races on a Friday afternoon, but that's all right. And uh, yeah, it seems to work. They get a good crowd along there they have, you know, each year, so uh, hopefully the weather is wrong and that it works that way again tomorrow. It's a little bit trying there today, I believe. A bit windy by the sounds as well, is it? Uh, just a little bit and cold. I um, I would have the Nana blanket on too, but I've got the heat pump crank right up by, so I don't need it. Rightio. Ashburton on Monday. Uh, Magical Monday, is that what it was called? Magic Monday, yep. Magic Monday. And it was a cracking meeting. Um, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, I was actually traveling, so I was able to listen to a couple of them. Uh, I did hear, is it Boogie? Yeah, Boogie McNett. Is it McNett? Yeah, McNett. Um, that was a sweet Lou having its first start for Johnny Morrison. Uh, it was very, very impressive. I did have to actually listen to that race. Yeah, Bogle McNeep, I think it is. Uh, it's named after That's a character on some TV show. Okay. Uh, this is this is a sign of things to come for John Morrison. He has got an incredible team of horses around him at the moment. Um, he had 11 at the Miffin workouts a couple of weeks ago, and then he had about eight at Geraldine on Saturday trials. Um, he's got a first starter in at Miffin tomorrow, and I'll give you the early tip on it, called Ballygar. Goes around, and now I'm testing myself. I think it's about race seven. Uh, I think it'll win. It, it is a very, very promising maiden horse. Um, and it meets a pretty good field, so you might actually get a wee divvy for it. Ballygar's the name of that horse. It goes around in race six, number five, so worth a wee play there. But, yeah, Bogle McNeep, very good early on the day on Monday. I believe Billy Connolly must have played back in the day, and it's Warzel Gumbridge TV series. So it's 1979 to 1981. It's not the latest TV show. It's a, when you said that, I thought, I'm going to Dr. Google, and that's what it's come up with. So, uh, But anyway, interesting name. And, uh, yeah, people could go look at it at, at that. Um, he, I've got a lot of time for Johnny. He is one of the best interviewers you can get because even if he's having a shocker, you turn that camera on, you start interviewing him, bang, you get to smile. He knows what we need to do to our industry. He buys into it and promotes it so well. And he's a good trainer and a very, very good driver. Yeah, Johnny is one of the characters, you know. It doesn't surprise me that he's named a horse after someone from the 60s because sometimes I think he still lives back then. He's a bit of an old soul as our John boy. Um, but you're right, very, very accomplished driver. And I actually think he's going to end up being a better trainer in time he uh he's got the gift of the gab but he's also very uh patient with his horses that they turn out looking incredible and he's got a very important part of the whole operation and his partner nicole harris who does all the work for him 
uh, and bosses them around and tells them what to do, and that's why it works. Show day last year, he got a treble. Um, he'll be hoping to replicate that probably on uh, Cup Day, might be. But even if not, I'll typically be still happy with a treble on Show Day, that's for sure. So uh, the Ivy League was super. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, sort of went past me where I was standing and I thought, oh, sort of looking like it might be coming to the end of it, but got inside the final 100 and Blair, as Blair typically does, managed to get that little bit extra out of it and won very, very well. Uh, Treacherous Love, Melody Banner, Treacherous Baby. Um, I didn't see that race at all, the two-year-old fillies. Yeah, Ricky May pinched that one, uh, driving, pinch hitting for Brent Mangos. Found the front and sort of stacked them up and was sort of waiting for her to come back to them, but you know, the closer she got to the winning post, the further in front she got. Melody Banner was very good. She did a power of work. Um, she's very well bred, uh, that winner. Yeah. By Captain Treacherous out of Linda Lovegrace. That's a beautiful breed. And just another nice filly that the, the brick and breeding banners are going to have to join their broodmare ranks at some point. I got the t-shirt over there. I had the t-shirt on last week, but I haven't got it on this week. But uh, yeah, I did see that, and it is beautifully bred. Now, this race I did watch. Uh, we saw this horse win. Uh, we highlighted this horse's win a week ago. Cold Chisel uh, probably got all the luck in running um, the week before. This week, not so, and wasn't impressive. Oh, very, very good. I probably didn't think that you could do that role reversal, and I think I touched on it last week, yep. but. Big and brave, you know, Vesum did a bit of work again, he, he buzzed out of the gate and then had to do what I call the grab and go and jump out of the trail and get around and, and keep things rolling, but uh, Cole Chisel clearly has his measure at the moment. Thought the run of Renegade for third was very good because it's come from a long way back, um, it's getting better and better. And a horse that'll probably jump into a maiden race in the next couple of weeks, light me up, Gavin Smith's horse, it's run sixth. Only its second start, and it was taking ground off them at the finish, so keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, and also Piccadilly Pete was another one I saw because it uh, ran second. It's only ran a couple of places. It was good again. Um, Matty, before we go uh, much further forward, two things. That Ashburton track, it's one thing I noticed, and we'll highlight it in the rest. You guys in New Zealand, one thing that um, I keep trying to explain to you guys, you have difference. You've got a three-sided track. You've got a track that goes back to front. You have grass tracks. You have small tracks. That racing the other day at Ashburton, like it, I know they were the better horses and all the rest, but you've got horses finishing, you know, four and a half meters and running second last in races. The track gives everyone an opportunity. There are some hard luck stories, but at the end of the day, they possibly would have been beaten four and five lengths on any other track. Just play. It seems to play so fair again as i said there's unlucky stories in every race but it seems to give every horse potentially a really really good chance yeah and i think the fact that they run along pretty evenly helps that too you don't very rarely see them pinching 65 fast around ashburton and then running because it is a, a very very fast track and obviously that's why it was chosen as the inaugural home of the harness jewels when we still had it over here in new zealand um it's big it's roomy it's got a really well cambered last bend and that straight is long yeah. You know, it's nearly 400 metres, so you can still be in play in a 14-horse field at the top of the straight and either duck and dive or get out wide and storm home. Um, to me, it's one of the best tracks in the country when, when it's at its best. Uh, it's fast. I would have loved to see them stick to the one-mile um, distance instead of 1,700 metres, but that was their prerogative to give a longer run into that first bend. Um, I think we could have seen, you know, something pretty special over a mile there eventually on the perfect day with the right horses at Ashburton. But you're right, it does. It plays very fair, that track, and uh, it's always entertaining racing. Maybe it's something for the powers that be. I don't like telling people what to do, but maybe they have. Maybe they have mile, a mile day. Every race over the mile, the trots, the whole box and dice and, and let them light it up and see what they can do around a track like that. Because it does, like there's a horse that sits four deep for the first thousand. We're going to highlight later on and runs away from them. It just seems magic, that part of the track. Yeah, it does, you know, and, and we probably would have seen something really, really special with the Harness Jewels had they not been in June when the weather's colder, the, the climate's not right for, yeah. you know, sub 149 miles or anything stupid like that. But, um yeah, I think in the hardest summer on a good day um, without a, without wind. And as you say, something going crazy in that first half, then anything's possible. Entains Entertainment Day or something along those lines and run them all over a mile. Yeah. There we uh, Dean, if you're watching, there's an idea for you. The other one I wanted to highlight, and it's it's an interesting one that, that does happen. 
The bubble sort of burst a little bit on Vesem. Now, the horse is going awesome, but he doesn't possibly have that same respect as what he had at the start of this year. Like, I mean, he's only a young horse. People are prepared to chance your arm and cross him out of the gate. He just doesn't quite get it all his own way anymore. The horse is going enormous, but it's just amazing how it's just changed towards the back end of the season for a horse like Vesem. Yeah, it has. Um, and it, it's an interesting one because so clearly he looked the top dog and that he had this age group at his mercy. But, you know, these other ones are catching up. Maybe he was the really initial two-year-old of the group that, that you know, hit the ground running and these others have developed and are, and are coming on. Um, look, you still wouldn't write him off. As you say, he's gone massive and he's only gone down, what, half a neck? Um, yep. and in a pretty quick time, uh, rated 154.8 for the mile uh, over the 1700. So he's still kicking all the goals. He's just not had, had the win in his last three starts, and it won't be long until it happens again, and then he's probably back to being top dog. Yeah, no, he's, as I said, he's flying. It's just interesting that, you know, they're prepared to, because I think it was Sarah O'Reilly, chance to arm off the arm, a gate to cross him and did the retake. That wouldn't have happened four months ago. They would have said, well, he won't hand up, so we won't go. Yeah, it was Sam Otley with uh, Commander Joe, I think, that was it? lit yeah. him up, uh, the stable mate. And the Brenton Tim White stable aren't afraid of having a go. You know, yeah. they don't care what, what colours the horse inside them wearing. And Sam Otley, as well, is a very aggressive, a naturally aggressive driver. So it probably didn't surprise me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Blair did everything he could have done. I think he got off. But Cole Chisel was just a better horse on the on the day. Uh, absolutely. Artie by the seaside beat Treacherous Girl, Sweet Diamond. Uh, what do we got? Forever Me, uh, Amore Infidia, uh, I'll go with, was beaten five metres. This was a cracking race for the three-year-old fillies. And, again, lines up for better races towards the back end of the season coming forward for quite a few of these horses. She's been the find of the year for me in this three-year-old fillies rank, Sadie by the seaside, because I think maybe even six months ago, if you'd asked Team Telfer where she sat in the pecking order, potentially she wouldn't have even been in the top three of the fillies. Um, yet she's come back, she's growing, she's strong. She was taking on older horses there for a while, so had to grow up pretty quickly. Uh, that was a beast mode run from her on, on Monday. Now, obviously, the big talking opponent out of that was Millwood Nike was supposed to be there. Um, she copped a kick uh, Monday morning. Um, nothing too serious by the sounds of it, but uh, they're still monitoring that situation with her. Treacherous Gal was massive coming from well back in the field to run second. And the other Stonewall ones, yeah, Sweet Diamond, I thought she was excellent because she settled back in the field and she's launched going down the back and got into a bit of a duel with uh, Sweet Coco there coming off the back and she actually surged to the front at the top of the straight like she was going to go on and win it but stable mate was going that good on her back that uh, it was a bit of a foregone conclusion by the time Tim pulled her out. I thought it was a much better run by Sweet Diamond because I was a bit worried she hadn't come back and she showed that she's knocking on the door if it's not next run it might be the one after but the flip side of that is there's so many quality three-year-old fillies that um, there's no easy races for any of those horses. As there's not now, this is our first of our videos for pretty much the rest of these videos. There's highlight after highlight going through, and we will we will stick to them in, in runner order, if you like. We'll start off with the Newman's Tyres, Hambletonian Classic for the Trotters. Um, I This drone footage sometimes frustrates me, sometimes doesn't. I think there's a couple of races where I reckon it's outstanding. You can see why horses get caught wide. There's a, just a couple of little things you're missing. This one, we switch on missing the start, and then Sunny's sister galloping, and you can't actually see why Sunny's sister galloped, uh, but you can't take anything away from the winner or a couple of the horses behind as well. No, you can't. Um, I, look, I like this drone footage post-race. I think there's yep. one issue with this drone footage uh, is they are actually too far up in the sky. You can't actually pick up horses' colours there. And then, of course, you switch to this view and you're going, well, where are we? Well, what am I looking at here? Um, yeah, Sunny Sister galloping out of the gate, but this was a correction of one of the greatest anomalies in harness racing for me, and I didn't actually realise it until about two minutes before the race. Phil Williamson, who has won pretty much every major trotting race in Australasia, no had way. never won a Hambletonian classic <laughs> up until this point. Now, I've seen Phil win group ones and the like, and he smiles and, you know, he's clearly happy. He walked down to the birdcage at Ashburton on Monday after this race and let out this massive fist pump. You could tell he was pumped. 
he was so chuffed to have achieved another bucket list item on his incredible list of training achievements and this is an incredible training achievement because this one's a bit of a latecomer isolate um yep sort of burst onto the speed scene sorry <clears throat> when she ran past walking on sunshine at addington six weeks ago and you can see her there she's four fence just about to try and follow her stable mate Araha Kenny through and it looks like she's in and, trouble it looks like she's in trouble here doesn't it because she looks like the four in front have got that length length and a half gap and um yeah she she knuckles down great yeah she did um like she's still you're right she's got a lot of work to do there um Nathan may be just nursing around that bend I don't know the the others may have really sprinted big run from confessional the Paul Nian train runner yep. great run from Araha Kenny walking on sunshine the filly was excellent as well so it's going to be a nice form race there's a horse that you can just see in the back of that shop there paul and the trevor grant colors george elliott now it's run six beaten seven lengths that's it flashing into into a seventh place there uh sixth place there it's still a maiden uh, and it goes around kaikoura on sunday it might even go around at miffin on the grass tomorrow um it'll win a maiden at short notice but i have said that the last six times it's dropped into maiden after taking on good fields so all credit to isolate of course she's a filly out of escapee who was an exceptionally good juvenile trotter for uh, mark purden and of course trevor casey owns her he bred this one um she's got a lot in front of her on the racetrack and also off of it given her uh breeding and yeah very very impressive win the Phillies are outstanding, as you said, walking on sunshine. I think she just got the sprint lane a little bit too late, but I don't think she would have beat Isolate anyway, the way that Isolate found the line. But when you look at it with the Phillies, and there is the trot shot, a uh, trot slot uh, race going forward, hopefully they're going to change the name at some stage. And I know there's a lot gets said about Queen Alita coming back, but you know, these young Phillies, you never know, a couple of those might step up. And um, she's, she's one of those, so is walking on sunshine. She's beat the boys as well. So real real depth in these trotting fillies both sides of the ditch in australia as well um and it's super super exciting i think and it's a bit of a change in the guard it's the same in the thoroughbreds the fillies seem to be getting better and better and uh it's just i, I think it's great um and it was good to see confessional back to um you know some really really good form what was uh the wash up with gold bullion he he seemed a bit plain yeah, slow recovery, I think, after the race. You know, um, he's he's a lot better than that. Yep. I would probably just put a line through that run. Um, he was so good against the older horses in the weeks leading into that that he's he's a lot better than that. He should have been there fighting out the finish. Clearly something not quite right with him. And Sonny's sister, back to those naughty habits that she's, she had. It looked like the Duns had managed to get her out of those, but she seems to have reverted back to him. As I said, it's a bit tricky, that drone footage. There is other ways. I, I think... I'm in agreement with you. I think when the live races are on, no drone footage, but afterwards to be able to showcase what actually happens, I think it's good to be able to see, or even a side-by-side. -side. So you can watch and watch. It'd be even better, but that's not for me to say. But, yeah, she's a very nice Philly sunny sister when everything's right, but whenever it just has to be off a game a little bit and she can be a problem child, that's for sure. Um, this race, again, we talk about depth. Now, I've got a very good mate here in Australia um, who started watching this show, and I keep banging on about how good the New Zealand horses are. He rang me yesterday, or two days ago, actually, and had a crack at me, and he said, you're 100% right. He said the depth in New Zealand horses is outstanding, and it was off the back of this race, um, the Garrard Sire Stakes uh, sophomore classic for the three-year-old. He he just he was blown away. He's a good judge. Um, I'd be interested on your take, but sooner the better. Proof that um, you know that form the week before is really going to stack up because of you know the way he went, and then be able to back it up this week as well. Yeah, you're right, um, and it does. It just continues this depth because we're still missing four or five of of the better yeah. ones from this race, um, for for lack of a better term. I loved, this was one of my favourite parts of Monday's racing, and that was seeing the old firm of Barry Purden and Tony Hurley winning big <laughs> races. Um, I grew up as a kid idolising Tony Hurley, um, a fantastic driver. And, yeah, uh, always nice to see him win races. And, you know, this this run that Barry and Scott Phelan are having at the moment is exceptional. Um, some good runs here. Triple G, much better. Um, who's delight very very good 
I thought Jolly Mott was maybe just a little underwhelming after the run the week before. Maybe just didn't quite back up from that run. But you talked about it before, Paul. Um, we've got an 11-horse race here. And as you'll see in about 800 metres time, I think there's five lengths from first to last at the winning post. This wasn't the race, uh, this wasn't the race I said. The last horse in this race, Captain Tom for Alistair Black, has run last, beaten 5.7 metres. That is a length and a half. It's less than a length and a half. That's That's cruel. When you when you yeah. look at it like that, isn't it? It is, um, and you know they've got horses coming from back in the ground, back sorry back in the field here. The horse that's last at the moment, and we've talked about Craig Ferguson a bit over the last couple of weeks with the likes of Wagstar and Co. Um, when they do swing in, have a look at the ground it yeah. makes up. Now it's run some ridiculously good sectionals and run past some very very good horses too. Uh, that's Coney Island Lou in front of it, who was so good running fifth the week before. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be so many winners coming out of this, Paul. Um, so many winners, you're, particularly you're, when they drop out of their age group into lower grade racing. Absolutely. Your take on Coney Island Lou for mine, um, with the derbies and that coming up uh, and better races, they're almost right. We'll teach you to sit back and, and see if you can get home. Was Is that how you took the, the way they drove him as compared to the week before? Very aggressive. Yeah, and I think he, he's a better horse when he's out and rolling um, yeah. at this stage. And I think that's exactly what they did. The draw kind of dictated that. But you can see Da Vinci getting home here right down the outside. Jolly Mont might have run out of a little bit of room late, but uh, I don't think it was going to get close to winning it. I think it had its chance. Um, but yeah, as you can see there, there, there is very little distance between 1st and 11th in that. Yeah, absolutely. And Corbin Newman, you can see him there on Charlie Brown. Um, the caller did say that he uh, didn't get a lot of luck. He got a bit of, he got a bit up the straight, but on the line he was looking for a lot more. He was looking for a lot more room, and it was going to get ugly. And um, yeah, I think the depth in your three-year-old paces is outstanding over there right at the minute because there was so many still missing out of this race. Triple G was so much better, which was good to see for the Duns. They actually had a much better week than probably what they've been having lately um, with a few of their horses putting their hand up to say we're not far away again. So that part, I think they'd be wrapped in. Um, you always want to win them all, but it doesn't always happen that way, and um, sometimes you've got to take it. Rightio, race nine. The NZB Air Freight, um, Ashburton Flying Stakes. Um, of course, with the passing of Ian Dobson the week before, there was a lot of sentimental value, uh, sentimental bets, I would imagine, on Akuda. Um, but yeah, he, he was he was awesome. Um, before you start, the drone footage to understand why standing starts don't fit. So this is good. There is some really good highlights for people to understand why why sometimes stands do and don't work, and they can see how much they wobble all over the place there. So it does give a bit of a highlight, uh, but he was good. But for mine, the run of the race was Republican Party um, for Blair Orange and the, the Del Geddes. I thought he was just outstanding. I won't show the whole lot of this race, Matty. I'll scrub through in a minute. But, yeah, just interested on your thoughts. Yeah, you're right. There were some, some good runs here. Um, just that continual progression of Akuta. Yep. Um, he's a long way off them there, really. Yeah. Um, and it's still still a long way off them when they get to the mile. So he's run a really solid mile and blown a few more cobwebs out of the system as he builds towards the second Tuesday in November. Uh, very patient, heady drive from Olivia. Bit of pressure on a on a young junior driver um, to to take the reins on a horse like him in a black type race, but she handled it really well. And uh, you know you can see her get moving here just to try and get handy, and she's going to get around in front of uh, Republican Party there. Stable mate Self Assured's about to pop off the fence in front of it. Um, thought he was just okay. Kango was good again, but yeah, you're right. Republican Party, I thought, was excellent. There was a fleeting moment halfway down the straight where he really hooked into it. You'll see it here where I thought, oh, oh, he's going that good that he might actually run up to this horse. Yep. And he got mighty close in the end, um, but uh, all credit to the winner and... Nice to see on a week where we lost Dobby that, you know, his colours were in the winner's circle and winning big races, and we'll see another one in a minute. But, yeah, Republican Party certainly on the right track towards the Cup. Um, interestingly enough, out of that race, I wouldn't have thought that Kaikoura would have been on the cards for Akuta and Self-Assured, but they both hit there on Monday. Um, so, obviously, using that as their final serious hit out before the Cup. Some good runs in behind by horses that are looking to... Uh, fringe their way into the cup. Um, got you covered. I thought was pretty good. He's a sport. Um, did enough too. So yeah, it's uh, it's starting to take shape. 
Um, and we say about the beaten brigade, American me is on the fringe of um, getting a run and probably needs, actually I've got those uh, those rankings right there for the paces. American me is at the minute not in and gets beat 4.7 metres. Yeah, like it's just, yeah. it is just, uh, it's good and cruel how that can actually work from time to time. Bark, Bark's another the horse there that just finished off the back of him and um, he needs you know to get in there with a couple of good points as well. Yeah, uh, the rankings are an interesting setup. Um, oh, I wonder whether they've run their course, but that's probably a discussion for another day. He's a sport jumped ahead of American Me uh, on Monday. Um, he's a sport beat American Home uh, American Me home by about a length and a half, whereas American Me beat He's a sport home by seventeen lengths in the Mifflin Cup. So. Uh, it's 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 an objective debate ratings and i've always been a firm believer that the war of attrition will win out at the end of the day and we'll get the best cup field that we've got and if there were still 45 horses nominated yes we'd need it but we're down to 18 19 i think that are still there so uh they sort of they become redundant by this time of the year because it's basically whoever's left is going to line up so uh it does add some interest but uh there will be some shuffling over the next two weeks we've got kokora on monday and some horses aren't going around in the cup there are other horses going around in a fifty thousand dollar age uh sales race bark being one of them yep and then there's a free-for-all at addington next weekend or the weekend after um so there's still a bit of movement there i think we, we may see some of those fringe horses jump up or or even fall down I thought Nathan Williamson's horse was very good up on the sprint lane, another quiet run. But you've got to be, you know, careful with a few of these. As you know, the same with Republican Party. I think Blair Orange teaching him to settle, teaching him to sit back in the field and have one run at those horses. And it seemed like a few of the guys were doing that once, you know, once Akuta was up the pointy end. I think, um, but yeah, it's um, there's some really nice runs and it's going to really hot up. It's interesting because Kaikoura is on this week, and generally you would have um, you've got an extra week basically now in between which puts that race at addington which normally wouldn't be on uh for horses to be able to get in so it does give horses we're still effectively as you and i are recording this we're two and a half weeks out from um the new zealand trotting cup so there's still a long long way to go before um uh before that happens anything can happen from there yeah exactly um there's a lot of water to go under the bridges they'd say um we've still got to get these two australians over um so safely and and healthy from um from your side of the tasman over to here um both obviously passed from the stand although i've seen better standing starts at the meth and workouts on a saturday morning than that one paul um we'll, we'll give them that that's 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 their prerogative um so yeah as i say there's a lot of water to go under the bridge before we get to the cup but uh, it is starting to take shape and you've loosely got a basis of a field there Rock and Roll Do took a stable, mate, and they were at three-quarter speed when they let them go last year at Melton. And I was there to watch it, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Anyway, uh, interesting spirit of St. Louis. Uh, Luke McCarthy definitely not coming. I was talking to Luke the other night. Uh, he was never coming. Jack's driving. Jack's always a driver for him. And, uh, yeah, so there's a few people out there saying that Luke's coming. Uh, Luke may end up there, but he will not be driving him. But uh, he doubts he'll even be there because of their stud. Um, business and everything else that they got going. So um, it was interesting to see that. And uh, Luke said he's never told anyone he's going to drive him. He was never driving him. So he's not sure where that one come from. Can't say I'd even heard it. I just presume that it would be Jack because he's done so much of the driving of him. Um, of course, Cam Hart back. He, he's got a bit of unfinished business Sorry. in New Zealand, I think. Um, after last year with Majestic Cruiser, I know, uh, having spoken to Cam about it, he's he's pretty keen to get back over here and get his name on that New Zealand Cup. And I'm sure that the uh, the entire Hart family will be uh, watching on, if not already at Addington, enjoying the moment as well. Yeah, you're sort of nearly related to all of those too, because you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, there's a way there is a way to buy out there. Um, so obviously, watch Cam. I can kind of claim him as family, so uh, yeah. that'll be nice actually if he does win the cup. So yeah, anyone wondering how it works? It's basically David White's mother's. I think yeah, the two mothers might be sisters, and then Cam comes back the other way. It's yeah, it's one of those ones you can make it happen if you get a stud book big enough in front of you. You can get everyone related to everyone. So yeah, so you, you can adopt him. You can adopt him as your own, mate. All right, it all happens in the Riverina, doesn't it? Oh yeah, you don't pick on anyone. I know that you don't go to Ballarat and bag anyone because they're all related and you'll get into all sorts <laughs> of trouble. So um, we will, 
actually miss we're going to actually miss race 10 for a sec we're going to jump to the trot the what the hill ashburton flying stakes uh, great supporters of mine, the boys from uh, Woodlands and What the Hill as well. Uh, with Muscle Mountain, this was over the 1,700 metres um, here. I wish they didn't have this overhead shot. It would have been great to see these horses getting off the gate. Smoke and Bando return was outstanding. Um, but, yeah, the, you know, Muscle Mountain was just absolutely too good. Yeah, and as we sort of predicted when we spoke uh, last week leading into into this meeting, you know, he was drawn to lead and he did exactly that. What probably was the most encouraging thing is not what we see here because we know he's got effortless gate speed and he can blast across them, but it was more what he did up this straight the last time and the way in which he he ran away and he found the line, um, much more like the muscle mountain of old. And I think he needed that. I think Greg and Nina Hope needed that. And most importantly, I think Ben Hope needed that. And you'll see a big salute in a couple of hundred metres. A, that was for Dobby. B, that was a bit of relief from Ben Hope that he's got his, his trotting star back on the right path as we point towards some pretty rich races in, in the next uh, two to three weeks. So he just clears away here. He's got that push-button speed. Oscar Bonavina, he had to go probably a bit earlier than what he wanted to. Otherwise, he was just going to get left behind. Uh, I was surprised, and maybe I'm underplaying the effort of time up the hill, getting down the outside there, that she was able to run past him. Um, but she actually did it quite easy in the end. I thought her run was sensational. And Smoke and Bando, well, he'll just improve out of sight from that run. That was a really good first up run and probably shows why Craig Ferguson was so keen to get him over to Queensland. I know it was a failed trip, but he is a very, very good horse. He, he is a very good horse, and I have a, a, a lot of time from Smoke and Bando, and I reckon Time Up the Hill's run was outstanding. But Oscar, like two weeks ago, was it two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago or a week ago, we were saying he's back. This is the real Oscar at all the rest. That was one of the runs he threw in last year from time to time. He is a head scratcher. You're right, he had to go early, but Smoke and Bando was first up. Time Up the Hill sort of had to do this, you know, was further back than him and beat him home quite comfortably he's still got that touch of enigma about him oscar when things aren't quite all his own way he can be a little bit iffy i had exactly the same thought that there was shades of you know the oscar of 12 months ago there yeah um whether we just put a line through it and move on he goes to kaikoura on monday so obviously there is still some work to be done there otherwise he wouldn't be going there um he probably went on monday and it'll be a good confidence boost but the scales have tipped back towards Muscle Mountain and Bolt for Brilliance now. Um, they are back on as the, the lead pair, and he's the one that's now chasing, whereas probably from the last couple of runs, it's been Oscar that's been in front, and the other two having to chase him. His sectionals at Addington were outstanding. You wonder whether maybe that just took a bit of the, the spring off him. I think he got home in 26.8, I think I saw um, from that stride master his last quarter. I was like, wow. So, yeah, so, I mean... It was just one of those ones, I, as I said, I, 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 you can't not like the horse and I don't think there was a lot Olivia could have done um, the way the race was being run. Probably couldn't beat him, but just around a couple of those other horses, I thought it. Uh, Love and the Port and those horses, I'd be interested to see if they've still got um, the Inter Dominion on their radar um, at the minute because he's probably not firing like he should be. I, I First off, I think 1,700 metres too short for Love and the Port. So I, I was prepared to lay him all day, even to run top three in that race. Put him over two miles on a solidly run two mile at Addington, where he's buried away on the fence and doing no work, a la what we saw when he won the Road Cup. Um, he becomes a top four chance. Um, it's it's a very clear path at the moment for these trotters. You know, there there is Oscar and, uh, sorry, there is Bolt for Brilliance and Muscle Mountain, and then there's the rest, maybe headed by Oscar, but... We've got these ones in behind, and I talk about the the time up the hills, the smoking bandas, uh, the love in the ports, the midnight dashes, etc. Out of my way. Well, out of my way, and we've talked about him the last two weeks, Paul. Here's a go. He's going round on Sunday at Kaikoura on the first of the two-day meeting in a junior driver's race, mobile pace. He's going to line up on Monday as a trotter and try and earn his way into the Dominion Handicap. Paul Nian is going a flashback to the past of these dual-gated stars of years gone by, and we're going to see him go round in a junior driver's race on Sunday as a pacer and then go round on Monday as a trotter. Matt, I love you. 
on loose lines going live tonight. The Australians will not believe that for a minute. I'm gonna they've got to go and watch this race. He's also he's also the last horse left in the rankings um, for the uh, Dominion handicap um, at the at the minute. Um, actually, Paul's got two. That other name that I can never get Tua Tanga Tangata. Um, Tua Tangata. Tua Tangata. The interesting yeah. one I have there, I'll throw this to the authorities as well. Throw a little bit of a curveball when you've got the uh, Road Cup winner in from 2023. I know that's earlier this year, but it's a long way earlier. Why don't they give the uh, Derby winner automatic entry till next year and you know spice it up a little bit with Nazareth? Um, you know he's not guaranteed to start at the minute. He, yeah, they may not even accept. They might say, well, he's too young to take on those older horses. But, you know, you never know. Spice it up. Throw a three-year-old in that's guaranteed to start. They know what they're doing then for the rest of their campaign and they can target around taking on the big boys. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst idea. Um, this is what happens with the Dominion most years. We get down to about 18, 19 left as we get to this point. And generally, we, we manage to get a field together. But I think that's indicative of the domination of or the perceived domination of Muscle Mountain and and Bolt for Brilliance, it, it becomes hard, you know, to go over two miles with them when they're probably going to run something ridiculous if if they go war to war like we saw with uh, Cindy Sun and Muscle Mountain twelve months ago. So yeah, there will be a bit of attrition still to come there. Most of them are going around this week um, in various races. Um, out of my way, probably a little bit more different than most, but uh, yeah. Uh, we've got what, as you say, two and a half weeks until the Dominion, or nearly three weeks now till the Dominion. So, uh, going to be interesting to see what the final makeup of that field is. And there is a chance that out of my way could make his way into that race. <laughs> Will he have the hobbles on him? I wonder what happens if they pack the wrong gear and they put the hobbles on him and take him out. I know Paul wouldn't do that, but I'm being, being a bit facetious. But it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> it'd be pretty funny to watch. As we can't do it, uh, I've spoken about this before, we can't do it in Australia because you have to re qualify each time you change a gate. Uh, I actually like this, and because it's working, it's actually even better. But, um, yeah, I think it's actually, it just adds to what the standard bread can do, and I think it's um, something very, very unique. Right, yeah, I was trying to work out, they haven't got the gross time on there for, for me. I reckon you, you, you've got about two minutes. I don't reckon you'll be able to finish the whole highlights of this race um, as I started, this is not an orange race, anyone wondering. This is a mid Canterbury Trotters owners ladies sprint, $25,000 race. But Maddie, this race had everything in it, including a 152 six mile rate. Yeah, a little bit of something for everyone uh, here. This, um, this is the one where the drone footage is outstanding because yeah. it is just on here and it is, you can see it's just on. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of girls from McCanterbury uh, pressing forward from eight and nine here that are going to change the whole complexity of this race. Kim Butts pushing forward uh, one in from the outside with Better's Tart. Sarah Riley's to her outside with Sweet Bell. They are going to pile the pressure. Just behind Sweet Bell is the best mare in the country. Her name is Artie's Express. She is four wide there. Tim Williams thinking about going back in. Blair Orange punches up. Can't get into that spot. Oh, well, we'll let her slide. <laughs> And here she is, about to be momentarily five wide by my count. Yep. No. Yep. And still hasn't seen a marker peg. <laughs> Speed's still good. They, I mean, they're rolling here. They run a 152.6 mile rate. And that's her now coming up three wide where Tim says, I've had enough of this. I need a marker peg. I'll let her slide and she finds the top. That drone and... footage is out of this world. That part there shows why what was going on in that race, I reckon. And I think probably the thing to think about too is, you know, yes, she is clearly better than majority of this field, but that is so hard on camber oh. beans for horses to work. She's covering so much more ground than, than anything else in the race. And then Tim runs the reins over her bum here at the quarter <laughs> and she has the audacity to put four into them in the twinkling of an eye. Um, I... I'm really disappointed that her New Zealand Cup campaigns come to an end because she added another aspect to it. And I'm hesitant to say it, but I actually think she has the brilliance to win a New Zealand Cup. Yep. Particularly if she did no work. She's such a high speed mare and she's got such an effortless way of going. But, you know, she's four or five wide. She's got no right to be doing this. I don't care about the quality of the horse. Life's a beach running second is 
multiple times group race placed, including a harness jewels. So she's not beating slugs. She's beating some pretty nice mares, but she's done it on her ear. Um, yeah. Where they go to next, I guess the junior free-for-all on Cup Day is their best option. They can't go in the uh, traditional Southern Mares Classic because it's been changed this year to an up-to-rating 85 race, so she's actually ineligible for it, the race that her stablemate Darling Me won last year on show day, and that was a cracking race, a bit like that one. Yep. Um, so I guess the junior free-for-all is, is their only option now, and then, of course, you point towards races like the Queen of Hearts and potentially Paul, a trip over mm. to you guys yep. to tackle, you know, some of those those big mares races um, early on in the new year. Yeah, and um, yeah, hopefully she's still going. I think it's um, uh, what is it? Mar- uh, Mar- April, uh, February, March. So she should be still February. going by yeah. there. So I think from memory, it's the last weekend in February is the Ladyship Mile, um, which off that is just outstanding. <laughs> Uh, to watch. It's in, interesting when you read about Josh Dickey and uh, Steve Telfer saying he suits our aggressive type of driving um, and they're like Stonewall, like their horses driven. I think that's what went through Timmy's mind. He's like, oh, the easier options here. And you can just see where he just grabs the reins for two seconds and then he's like, nah, who am I kidding? I'll just drive her like she's the best and, and just, and away she went. And it was just breathtaking. It's, um, as I said, it wasn't an orange race. There were so many highlights on the day, but that was just something very special, especially the times, 52-6, 55-7, and 27-2. Now, New Zealand's tracks and times are improving, but they're like, if that was in Australia, people would be jumping out of the trees. Uh, you guys traditionally are two or three seconds slower. That's not a blight on anything other than the way everything's set up over here. I think that just was outstanding. And you see the 27-2 last quarter, unextended it's just ridiculous so yeah yeah and incredibly she is still a second and a half outside the new zealand record held by darling mink who went 157.8 at ashburton in the same race in 2021 yep very good yeah but then you're talking a superstar and that's probably you, this, this man but you put her might be in the you same put her around, yeah you put her out on the markers around Manangle. What's she capable of running there? Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. Well, 52 yeah. six. She's gonna she's gonna hit a low fifty on that track alone. Yeah. Benny Benny go in the middle of January. Um, you know, um, what do we have? The um, oh, I forgot the name. Elder Baron Park Murray Mile. They will they'll go about a fifty five on that track, and everyone goes, "How do they do it?" Because in, when it's summer, there's no breeze here inland, and uh, yeah, you take a mare like her there, she could. She could light that track up as well. She could give Ride High's track record a chance. I reckon the way that that race was run and won uh, with that arrogance. Put her off the front, let her stride. Pfft, scary. Very, very scary. Um, Rightio, very quickly. Well, not very quickly. I don't care. This show, we don't have timelines. We uh, we don't worry. And we don't have any pieces of paper in front of me either, Matty. We, we decided on all of this. I thought, well, bugger it. We're, we're going to, we are just going to, uh, that's the wrong banner. I'm trying to find this other one. Just trying to find the fields. Where is it gone? It's here. I know it's here. Uh, oh, there it is there. Uh, the fields for, uh, this is actually for, um, uh, Kaikoura on Sunday. Just a couple of the highlights. Now, hang on a second. This is Sunday, is it? I've got to go back now. You, now you've thrown me into a... you got to go to Monday. I've got to go to Monday. No, you're on the right ones. Is that Monday? You're on the right ones. You were on the right ones. Yeah. Oh, no, that's Sunday. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted Sunday. So where's this junior driver's race? What race is the junior driver's race, firstly? Oh, oh yeah. Race five. Yeah, yeah. Race five. Race, race five there. Number six. Out of my way. Riley Harrison. Well... Uh, Riley, you've got to sort of uh, win that. No pressure. You've got to win that for the first leg of what's going to be a very, very unique double. Yeah, correct. Uh, this Sunday meeting is is a rapid fire eight race card. There's 20 minutes in between each race. Oh, um, so How good's that? They used to run a concept called the Fast Ten. Yep. So 10, 10 races, 10 horses in each race. Uh, all the drivers wear different coloured um, driver caps comparative to the number that their horse is. Um, so... Basically, it's a great way to kickstart the big Kaikoura weekend. Um, you know, you can pop out there for a couple of hours and and take in a whole car to racing and it'll be just wall to wall, bang, 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 bang. So uh, blinking, you miss it. But yeah, out of my way, drawn uh, the outside of the front line at Kaikoura in a junior driver's race. That concerns me a little bit. 
Uh, well, let's let's just no pressure, Riley. If you're watching, just uh, get the job done for us, and uh, <laughs> it'll be fun. I mean that in all jest. I just think it's um, I think it's you know the opportunity of something very very unique. Radio. Um, this is the the uh, Monday meeting um, that I've got here in front. Any highlights from here um, early on? Uh, early on, there's there's a nice trotting race, uh, race five, where we see a North Island Raider, and that's what we do from the uh, the John Dickey stables at Butcher in the bike. Pretty talented. It's a race that's got some permutations towards the Dominion, given the fact that two Tangata is in there. Yep. Um, with a with a Group Three trotting race uh, later on in the day, his result won't impact a whole lot when it comes to the ratings. Um, as it would had he lined up in the South Bay Trotters Cup. So there's a wee bit of interest there. Race six on the cards, a good good field. Um, you've got some informed horses there. Harrison Helium comes out of that three-year-old race at Ashburton, the sooner the better one. Celtic Spirit was so good first up. You've got Carlo a flyby, who at yep. one point was the leading filly from the Stonewall Stud team, um, perhaps now behind and Artie by the seaside and Watermelon Sugar, who, of course, is another very handy three-year-old. And then they go bang, bang, bang to end the day with three black-type races, starting with the South Bay Trotters Cup, uh, which is a good horses race. Um, you look back through the uh, roll of honour, and I'll, I'll read you out a couple of the, the winners in the last 10 years. Sunday Sun in 22, Muscle Mountain in 2021. We've had Stent. I can do that one at three times. Stig won it. It is a good horse's race. And a good horse is going to win it again this year. Perhaps not one of the best trotters, but uh, a very, very good field where Oscar, even off 15 metres, probably should win it. Bob Fabrians took on Sunday Sun last year around there, did he not? He did. Yeah. He did. It was a, uh, a cracking race. It was. Um, and it always is, yeah, because... Those trotters at full speed around that last bend at Kaikoura, that's a bit of an ask for them um, because it's pretty tight. So, yeah, and I think we'll see another interesting race here. This one obviously has got the the most uh, input into what's potentially going to be the final rankings for the Dominion. Horses like Harold Smith, um, out of my way, obviously, Eurocash, etc., that need to, you know, sort of yep. put, their, put their front hoof up and ask to be counted. No, absolutely. And Oscar, as you said, is drawn terrible. Um, but I suppose tempo and things like that will decide what happens there. The Kikura Cup is at 2.03 Australian time or 4.03 uh, your time. You've got to watch this race. Irrelevant of the horses in it, although this is a good field anyway, but it's just such a spectacle. Um, fortunate enough, as I said last year, I was there. Um, just unbelievable to be able to watch a crowd each side of the track probably 10 deep up the home straight, but there's people over the back straight watching them as well. It's a, it's an incredibly unique race, and they just pile out to watch this race, don't they? They do, um, and obviously one of the the iconic race courses in the Southern Hemisphere with, you know, the ocean down the back straight. It actually looks like the horses are running on the beach. The ocean is mm. that close uh, on, the, on the television shots. Uh, this is a good field, and there's a few questions to be answered out of this one, Paul. Uh, Old Town Road, obviously. He's had one start on his path to a New Zealand Cup. He comes down, he takes on Akuta, he takes on self-assured. We need to see a little bit more from Krug. He's been very good in two starts. Are they ready to light him up? Uh, Kango, who, of course, won the race last year, yep. very, very good in both his runs in the South Island. Then you've got those fringe horses. He's a sports that got you covered, the one changes, etc. that need to put their hand up and, um, and improve a few places if they want to be there on the second Tuesday in November. So a definite must-watch race. Will, will the track suit Old Town Road? In my mind, I'm going to say. Uh, in my mind, I'm going to say it won't. Um, but you, you're a better man. You know more of the New Zealand form and how they get around it. Well, uh, he's a speed horse, and the Kaikoura Straits actually deceptively long. Yeah. And when you're a speed horse, if you can track through on the back of one and, and get a clear run at the top of the straight, you're in play. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be too much of an issue for him. Generally, his biggest Achilles heel speed standing starts. Yeah. So. Probably a good result there that he's drawn the middle of the front line because, as you described, Paul, that starting point's halfway up the straight. Yeah. And you've got 4,000 people to the inside of you, <laughs> or what looks like 4,000 people, and then a whole heap of people to the outside of you. He's going to be in the middle, so he's not going to see as much of that as the horse is drawn in a bit closer. Um, and if he pings the start, he could actually get across. 
yeah. and get onto the markers, which would be a big, big step towards success. And then the NZB standard bred sales series for the age classic for the horses and a couple of horses, I won't say take the easier option, but the likes of Bag and Bag, Bark, how am I going? Um, are taking this option to try and get themselves up into those rating points, those last couple of spots. Yeah, and it's an interesting race this year. Um, obviously, a little bit smaller than what it normally is. It normally has a, a pretty full field. Um, Bark, there, the Duns have actually got an incredible record um, in this race. They've won it with some very, very good horses over the years Heisenberg, Henry Hubert, etc. Um, and they've got a good chance again with Bark. Jimmy James Maguire's been super, of course, was second in the Methan Cup. Hey, Bartender, um, former North Island Pacer, now James Stormont's down here in Canterbury, will improve off that run. And nice to see Lester, Warren Stapleton with a horse back in a uh, black type race. I talked about him last week. Um, he's He's got a good horse's record, and this is his biggest test to date, but he's very, very fast. So, look, on paper, it should be anything goes race to win or to lose, even. Um, he, he is the pick of the bunch, and if he finds the front, he went a cracking race in this race last year, actually, I think. Yeah. There was a speed duel, did, did and Henry he was involved in it. Matty Williamson drove him. Did Henry Hubert win last year? No, Warlock for Michael House ah, at too. 68 to 1 because they went absolute gangbusters in front. Yeah. Anything goes run third, beaten one and a half lengths, driven by Matty Williamson for Steve Dolan. There you go. Uh, he returns this year, obviously, trained by Mark and Nathan Purden, and uh, he's going to be very hard to beat. I think... Wilson actually didn't drive that horse last year, but Wilson was struck. No. Michael didn't go because he thought, what a waste of time. He stayed at home and uh, he sat there and sulked. <laughs> Samantha Otley, I, I believe, was yes. on the bike on that occasion. Yeah, very good. We're both reminiscing a bit here. The unique part, anyone that hasn't been to Kaikoura, the one unique part about it is you have a racetrack and you've got an infield that's full. That in itself is awesome, and you guys get that on the second Tuesday in November, the infield being full. You have the beach. I saw some whales. And then you turn around and you've got snow on the mountains and you can see it. You don't need a super camera to be able to see it or anything like that. It is a beautiful drive and there's a couple of hotels now. Everyone says, oh, there's nowhere to stay. I know they have got a lot. It's a really nice place. Too late to make a weekend of it now. It's got to be on people's bucket lists. I was fortunate enough to be there last year. This year I'm going to Redwood, um, which I did do both last year, but it's a bit bit tough doing the midnight flight in the middle but um yeah it is it is an awesome awesome place to be and the people there are outstanding i must say yeah they are <laughs> if you like seafood it's the right part of new zealand to go because they've got plenty of it crayfish you name it um yeah I, i've had some incredible trips up to kaikoura and enjoyed the hospitality of the locals on on more than one occasion uh, but it is. It's an iconic, iconic race day. You know, that infield is filled with camper vans. People have mm. gone up already and are perched up there. I've seen horse trainers and owners on, on Snapchat and Facebook that are that are up there perched up. I think that infield was sold out two or three months ago. That's how popular it is. So, uh, yeah, if you're ever planning a trip to New Zealand for uh, the New Zealand Trotting Cup, this year is an exception because there's such a big gap. Usually it's only 10 days. Um Make sure you come a week early and go to Kaikoura because you won't regret it. No, absolutely not. And we spoke there about the Riverina and uh, you know, you've got to be careful with the Turnbulls and, and the likes. If you, if you want to say the wrong name, don't don't uh, pot the Smiths if you go to Kaikoura. It's a very common name there, I must say. You get in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that and uh, Bob Rochford, who I'm sure you probably met, uh, he is... Pseudo known as the Mayor of Kaikoura. Um, trains a few horses and... and pops around but he's a bit of a character as our friend bob and uh gee i could i could go on for hours of some of the stories um that uh he's got me involved in over the years on those trips i uh this is a bit self-indulgent i don't like it to be it but i went to redwood day talking to anton said to anton i'm going to kaikura he says to me he said if you run into mark smith you've got to do an interview with him i said oh yeah so i don't know mark from uh, southern bread southern red he goes no 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 did he, did he um, break in? Did he get sunned on going? Is that how it works? I think it was one of those horses anyway. Uh, someone will tell me. But basically, he said, if you're running to him. So the plane got delayed. I was three hours late. Cambrai did the right thing. Picked me up. Took me straight to Kaikoura. 
I'm thinking, I'll, you know, there'll be somewhere for me to have a shower or, you know, freshen up because it was a long flight and a long day. Nowhere. So I did the old, uh, I won't say the words, but just got the deodorant underneath the armpits and I was changing my shirt. And this gentleman comes up and he's chatting to me like, well, I was sort of, you know, had no shirt on and trying to put the shirt on and trying to sort of be a bit bashful if I could be. He introduces himself, Mark Smith. I was like, you've got to be, got to be joking. He was one of the first people I'd actually run into uh, when I got there. So yeah, and and, and yeah, he was just terrific, and so was the rest of the rest of everyone I met there. Yeah, they are. They are very hospitable, and you know they they want you to enjoy your time there. And a very special, special race day in New Zealand harness racing is the uh, annual Kaikoura meeting. Nah, absolutely. Matty, thank you. Um, we will be back next Tuesday. Um, we'll record earlier in the afternoon and uh, do a debrief on that. Um, we will also highlight some of the other winners. We don't. We like to actually highlight um, everyone that gets winners. It just didn't happen this week. But mate, thank you very much. Um, I think you got a wedding over the weekend, and then you gonna make your way to Kaikoura on Monday. No, I'll probably just uh, perch up. Hopefully, I'm uh, slightly under the weather from an All Blacks World Cup victory on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, add into that uh, best man duties at a wedding on uh, Saturday and it's going to be a rather large weekend so I might just have to go and find myself a crayfish from somewhere and cook it in the oven for lunch on Monday and perch up and watch and pretend that I'm there maybe I'll go and dig some sand into a bucket and I'll put my feet in it and I'll feel like I'm right there you do all those things I'll sit back and watch it here in Victoria probably with me nana blanket over my knees it'll be all good alright mate thank you very much thanks Paul talk next week